Welcome to the Central Baptist Church Podcast. Located in the heart of Victoria, BC, we are a church that seeks to renew our community through the gospel. For more information, visit centralbaptistchurch.ca. The scripture this morning is from Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. All right, we are doing a four-part series that I am calling Coming Home. The original idea here was that uh, we were supposed to be in phase four of COVID. We were supposed to be coming home from that temporary life that we had in COVID, coming home to what we were going to call the new normal. That was the plan. And then COVID did what COVID does. 
and everything got wrecked. So uh, we're going to re-just do all this. Here's our new title slide. We got a nice little kid crying because that's what we all kind of feel like after the announcements this last Friday. And we're now going to call it Coming Home-ish. As in the series still works, but we're just kind of sort of on our way home. We're not quite actually home yet. We long uh, to be with this whole thing done. We long uh, for any of these restrictions uh, to end and especially for all the controversy to end. Uh, But we are not quite home yet sadly, uh, but that is exactly where we are. So the goal still, I think it still works just fine, but the goal is to talk about priorities that we need to have at this point where we're at in our journey with COVID and our journey just as a church family and as individuals. So it's not necessarily that we've lost these priorities, that's not what I'm saying, but yeah, I want to just make sure that they are strengthened. I want to make sure that they are at the forefront of our minds. So today what I want to do is look at this really incredible story to do with Ezekiel in this valley that is filled with bones. And what I want to do is to show us how it speaks into our contemporary situation right now and particularly into the disagreements, the challenges, and the controversies uh, that we are experiencing all around COVID. And More importantly, the priorities that we need to have moving forward. So what I want to show you today is that this passage calls us to do three things. Behold the bones, speak to the dead, and feel the wind. Those three things. So first of all, here's the first thing the passage calls us to do. Behold the bones. Behold the bones. I think we're all really grateful that COVID did not turn out to be and is not what we originally thought it was going to be. You remember that first week? I mean, we're talking like we thought the Black Plague had come upon us. We are very, very grateful that it's nowhere near as bad as some of us originally thought way back in the beginning. And there are many positives I think we could look at. There's many things to give thanks for, many things to point to of God's blessing during this time that we're in. But what I want to do in this section and in this point and really this morning is to address some of the challenges, uh, some of the controversies, the disagreements, and how they are really pulling us as a society apart, how they're pulling individual Christians apart, and pulling churches apart. And to do this, what I want to do is go back and look at this situation, this story, and the challenges that the people of God faced in Ezekiel's day. Their situation was far worse than our situation right now. But I think there's a lot of parallels and a lot of things that we can learn, all right? So here's kind of the the story background to make sure we understand what's going on with Ezekiel before we talk about our contemporary situation today. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. Oh, no, hold on a sec. Let's put that back. I jumped ahead on my notes. My fault. Always my fault, all right? Background, first of all. The Babylonians at this time were the world power, the world superpower. These superpowers had swept in on the little nation of Israel. They had utterly conquered them. They captured them, and this is what a lot of nations did back in those days. They took the Israelites out of their homeland, and they took them far away to the country of Babylon. So the Israelites now have been conquered. Not only that, they've been displaced, and they're living as exiles in a foreign land. Everything has fallen apart for them. All their old ways of doing things have collapsed. Talk about a difficult situation. After decades of this living in Babylon, really, they feel like all hope has, lo- has been lost. There's no hope of returning anymore. The people of God have been scattered and shattered. They feel really defeated. And so God gives this vision to Ezekiel. Now we'll look at verses 1 and 2. 
The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very, notice that word, very dry. The picture that is being painted for Ezekiel here by the Spirit of God is an ancient battlefield out in the middle of this plain. But clearly, whatever battle happened there must have happened a very, very long time ago. Notice, it's not a valley of dead bodies, as if a battle just happened a few weeks ago. That's not what's going on. It is a valley of bones. And it's emphasized for us that the bones are so old that they've been scattered all around the valley. So it's not like even it's just been a while and the body's decomposed and there's actual skeletons there. No, they've been scattered all across the valley. And it's emphasized for us that these bones have been bleached white by the sun. They are very dry. Notice in verse 2 that the Spirit of God leads Ezekiel back and forth through the valley, showing him all this. He's saying, behold the bones to Ezekiel. And, And why is he doing this? Well, it's quite obvious. The Spirit of God wants Ezekiel and wants us as the readers to come to one major conclusion. And that conclusion is that there is absolutely no sign of life in this valley. The bones are scattered. The bones are dry. The bones are very dry. All this is a picture of what Israel as the people of God looked like at this time, what they have become. All that once was has been lost. The community is scattered. There is no sign of life. And then suddenly God's voice interrupts Ezekiel's thoughts and we read this in verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can what has happened with the community of God, it's just been destroyed by all these events, can this community be restored? Can this community come back to even what it used to be? And it seems pretty clear when you look at the valley that the answer is no. These are very dry bones. That's their story. Again, We are nowhere near that level in our current situation. But we have many challenges that we are presently facing. Again, don't want to to be misunderstood here. Much to give thanks for, much to be joyful for. But we also all know that we are in the middle of a very difficult time as a society, as Christians, and as even just our church here at Central Baptist. We face many challenges. I've read many articles of people, and whether this comes true or not, I'm not sure, but many people saying that a lot of churches are not going to survive COVID. They're going to be, people are just going to leave. Budgets are going to fall apart. People are scattering. That's no question about it. There's kind of like a a great sifting going on, if we want to put it that way. Other people are saying that up to 30% of people are not going to return to the church that they were part of when they first began. The community that once was no longer is. The community is going to be scattered. Now, by the grace of God, I think here at Central, God has been very gracious to us, and you have been wonderful people. We have largely remained unified throughout this time. Even our budget has done well during this time. You have proved your commitment, and I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. But you also need to know that, yes, we have had numerous families and people leave Central uh, because they have been upset with how we have led through this challenging time. 
we face many challenges. Recently talked to one pastor who's pastoring a smaller church, and I think some of the smaller churches are even getting hit a lot more. Uh, even things like their tech needs, are, it's more difficult in a smaller church, the budget's smaller, and there's less people. So if, uh, you know, if half your church leaves, the whole church can collapse. So talking with this one pastor, uh, when, when they decided as their church that they were going to just follow the government mandates, they were not going to uh, meet in defiance of the government, and they began to talk to this uh, with their people, over half of their people just ended up leaving the church. And so this church is collapsing, and this poor pastor, I was trying to encourage him as he's suffering from great discouragement. So you look out over the situation, and you just kind of go, can these bones live? Like, can, can churches survive through this? Can Christians not just divide all the time over things? And can we, get, can we get actually get along in this despite our differing opinions? Can these bones live? Another issue in here would be that over the past year and a half or so, many who were once part of Christian communities have just sort of drifted away. So it's not the controversy per se, it's just that they drifted away. Like a boat that is untied from a dock gradually drifts out into the middle of the ocean, these Christians have just drifted away. It's not that they've rejected Christ, it's not that they're mad about anything, they just kind of drifted And the fringes, those who are more on the fringes, kind of half committed, if you will, are just kind of disappeared. What's going to happen? Will they eventually come back? Can these bones live? And then, of course, and more seriously, we have faced and we now continue to face many controversies. Over the past year, Christians have been deeply at odds with one another, Over all kinds of issues, whether it's just having to wear a mask, uh, whether it's going to be opposing views on vaccinations, opposing views on the seriousness of COVID. Is it serious? Is it not serious? And the Christian community has been pulled apart individually and within churches so that people say faithfulness to Christ looks one way and say that means getting vaccinated for some, it means wearing masks, it means following the, the health orders, and for others they say, no, this is not the case, we need to meet in defiance of the government. We need to not be vaccinated. Uh, All of this is not as serious as we thought. And so there's these opposing views, and they're clashing all the time. You see, boy, go online, go on social media. I can't even hardly handle social media, and so I don't go on it a lot anymore because of all these polar, these things. So you can hear me right now. I'm not trying to take sides at all. Don't, Don't hear me wrong. I'm not taking any sides at this moment. I am just simply pointing out we have so many challenges, and it's pulling us apart. It's pulling individual Christians apart. It's pulling churches apart. It's pulling society apart. What do we do then in light of even the most recent orders? And so I look at all this and I say, can these bones live? Can the church make it through this time? Are we going to be just totally scattered from one another? Are we going to fall apart as churches of Jesus Christ? Can the community of God live after all that has happened to it over this year and a half and who knows how much longer? Can the community of God live and thrive amidst controversies that seem to only be getting worse? Ezekiel didn't know the answer. We don't fully know the answer. We're not there yet. But Ezekiel had been part of the total collapse of God's people. There was no signs of life left. And when God asks him, can these dry bones live? It seems the answer is obviously no, but notice that Ezekiel hesitated. He didn't quite know what to say. On the one hand, 
probably like you. He believed that God had great power. And so he didn't want to say, no, God, these bones cannot live because you're the God of the impossible. You can do stuff. So on the one hand, he doesn't want to answer, no, they can't live. But on the other hand, the reality of the situation is pretty dire. I mean, they're, again, not just dead bodies. They're not like even dying people who just need to be resuscitated. Dead bones scattered very dry. And so on the other hand, he doesn't want to answer yes, because maybe he'd be like, maybe that's the foolish answer, because this situation seems really crazy. And so Ezekiel did not answer with a yes. He did not answer with a no. He simply left the question in God's hands. Here's what he says in verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, Yahweh, that when you see it capitalized, that's the personal name of God. O Yahweh God, you know. Only you know, God, whether these bones can actually live. Behold the bones. In Ezekiel's day, they were very dry. Our situation is nowhere near as bad as what was going on with the people of God back then, but many Christian communities have lost a lot of life during this time of COVID. Can these bones live? Can the community of God be restored? Can life come to churches so that they thrive and we're on mission and we're doing all the things that we're called to be? When we look at the challenges, we just must probably say, Oh Lord, you know. Behold the bones. That brings us to the second thing in this passage, and it is this. Speak to the dead. Speak to the dead. There may be many controversies among us about COVID, but here now in the second point, what I want to do is lay aside all these controversies. Not that they're not important, but what I want to do is show us, and this this is what my great fear is in COVID, we allow these controversies to become everything. They become the biggest thing to us, and what I want to do is shrink them down a little bit and say there are priorities far greater than anything to do with COVID. Even if we were in the Black Plague, these priorities would be greater than anything to do with COVID and greater than any disagreements that we may have even with one another during this time. So by all means, keep your opinions. I'm sure you will anyways. But here I want to show us there are priorities that supersede that are greater than anything out of our opinions to do with COVID. And these are the things that will bring life to us bring life to our church, and bring life to our city. So let's come back to Ezekiel's story. Once God had made sure that Ezekiel understood that this was a valley of very dry bones, that there was no life here, it's a dead nation, in other words, God shows him the way to life. Look at verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Hear the word of Yahweh. What a job description for Ezekiel. (laughs) Go preach in a graveyard, Ezekiel. So Ezekiel, just realize what he's actually doing here. He is walking amongst this valley. There's a skull. I'm supposed to speak to the skull. Oh, there's a ribcage over here. Let's go and address the ribcage. Let's speak the word of the Lord to the ribcage. Oh, hey, there's a femur. Let's go talk to the femur for a little while. What a job description. Ezekiel, go and speak to the dead. You might as well speak to a rock. 
It's like in 1 Corinthians when Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaks about the folly of preaching about Jesus Christ. And, and he's saying it's folly, not that it actually is, but he's saying it's foolishness to many people because many people are going to say, here's all these problems in the world, all this stuff going on with COVID, and all you guys want to do is talk about Jesus. Talk. You just want to talk about guys who lived 2,000 years ago, about crosses and blood and all this. You guys, let's do be more practical. It's foolish to spend time speaking when we need to do is get to work. Now, it's possible that it sometimes words are useless and can be a waste of time, but not when those words are the words of God. Not when it's God doing the talking. Oh, yes, Ezekiel is to speak, but he is to speak God's words, the words that God has given to the bones. In other words, he's not supposed to say his own words, and he's not supposed to sit there and come up with his own plans, and hey, I got like a five-point plan on how we can reattach ankle bones to uh, leg bones, and we can sing the song like we did in kindergarten, and things. that's not what he's supposed to do. No, the whole situation is far beyond any human ability, and that is why Ezekiel must speak God's words to the bones. And when God speaks, very different things happen than when we speak. Isn't that true? Think of creation, for instance, in Genesis chapter 1, and we read, and God said, that is God spoke, and God said, let there be light. And what happens when God speaks? Very simple reaction, and there was light. Or another example, and God said, he spoke, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it gradually happened, and it sort of happened, but God wasn't sure. No, And it was so. God speaks and things happen. When God speaks, a universe comes into existence. When God speaks, life is created. When God speaks, the impossible happens. Ezekiel had tried speaking many times to the people of Israel, but the community just kept falling apart. And so, Same with us. I mean, we've tried our best. I'll be honest with you, as a board, as your leadership, we have tried our best to lead through COVID. Doing our best to be as wise as we can, but there were challenges in Ezekiel's day that were far greater than anything they could do. And honestly, the challenges in our day, they're a lot greater than any of us can control as well. And yet, we must not allow the feelings of discouragement or even despair to creep into our hearts or defeat or anything like this, for God has called us to take on a priority. And the priority amidst all of this is to speak the words of the Lord. This priority is greater than all other priorities. It is greater than any of our personal views on COVID, greater than any of our views on vaccinations or anything like that. Our priority, which supersedes, which is greater, is to make sure that we are speaking the words of God, that we are encountering the word of God, for it is something far greater than anything that we are experiencing in our present challenges. So I think we're kind of, I imagine that we are exactly like Peter. You remember Peter at the very beginning of the gospel story? He's been out fishing all night long. He's caught nothing. This is an expert fisherman. The man knows what he is doing. And he comes to shore in the early morning. Jesus gets into the boat, tells Peter to push the boat out into deeper water, and then Jesus tells him to let the net down again on the other side. Now, I wonder, doesn't say, I wonder if Peter rolled his eyes at Jesus. Like, Jesus, I'm the fisherman, you're the rabbi. 
I do know something about fishing. You know, you're the expert on everything else. I'm the fisherman. Not only that, I've been working all night long. I know how it works, Jesus. I've done everything, and I'm the expert in the situation, and it's clear there is no life. There are no fish. Ah, but Peter's a smart man, at least a little bit. We read this in Luke 5, verse 5, and Simon Peter, that is, answered him, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing but at your word. Because you say so, at your word, I will let down the nets. That's it. Jesus, we've toiled all year long during COVID. It's difficult times. Nothing works the way it's supposed to. Even right now, I mean, we're flying half-mast, right? There's no coffee for you. There's no refreshments. A bunch of the programs we want to do this fall, we probably can't even do because of regulations. Jesus, we've toiled. We've tried. We're doing our best. We're not seeing the results that we'd love to see. But at your word, we will keep letting down the nets. At your word, Jesus, we will keep prioritizing the things that we are called to prioritize, which are things like the word of God, the community of the saints, reaching this city for Jesus Christ. At your word, we'll keep letting down the nets, even when it just feels like it's a valley of dry bones, to mix both the metaphors. And what happened in Peter's story? Here's what we read in verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. What a moment. What a moment. Jesus, this is what the position we're in as well. Many churches are feeling defeated. Many Christians are torn apart. Many ministries are struggling. Christians are at, at odds with one another. But at your word, we will let down the nets again. So it's a call to refocus on the things that really matter. So as you're comfortable, I'm not going to make any rules about this, but as you're comfortable, we need to start gathering again in community groups. We'll talk about that more in a few weeks to come. I know there's complications around all that. As we're able, we need fellowship with each other. We need to be in the word together, hearing God's word, sharing it with one another, praying through it together, learning it, applying it. In our children's ministry, praise God, we're allowed to continue on with things. We'll start Club 456 this fall. We only got to go for a few weeks uh, last, what was that, late spring, summer. We'll, we'll make sure God's word is central in Club 456. In other words, we, at your word, Jesus, we will let down the nets and we will speak into the valley of the dry bones, even though it's been so difficult. We'll prioritize the word of God in our youth ministries and with our young adults. We will dedicate ourselves to speaking God's word on Sunday mornings. This is what we do. We, I get up and what I'm doing is not hey, I got some thoughts for you today. It's what is God's word? Today we're in Ezekiel 37. This fall we'll do a series through the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. We'll sing songs that reflect God's word. We'll sing God's word. We'll pray God's word. We'll speak God's word. We'll We'll do all these things. Lord, at your word, we're going to keep letting down the nets, believing that you've called us to speak into impossible situations. We don't understand the situation in COVID. It's very hard for us, Lord, but we're going to keep speaking your word. So yes, we can all have our views on COVID, but what I'm trying to appeal to today is let's make sure that things like this are bigger than our views on COVID, that we are united with each other 
on things like this. This will save us from being ripped apart by controversy. We want to position ourselves as a community that is always submitting ourselves to God's word, to putting under it, to listening to it, to learning it, applying it, and living it out. What else can you do when the valley is filled with dry bones? When everything is beyond our ability, there's just too much that is dead, and so we humble ourselves looking out at our situation like Ezekiel did, and we hear God saying to us, speak, speak the word of the Lord. And so as we look out at the valley of dry bones, maybe not as dry as Ezekiel's, we obey the word and we say, okay, Father, we have beheld the bones, and we will speak into this dying or dead situation. Now, finally, this passage calls us in the third place to feel the wind. Feel the wind. What happened when Ezekiel spoke God's words in the valley of dry bones? This is what we read in verses 7 and 8. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone, ankle bone to foot bone, right? Sing the song. You ready? It's in your head now. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. Ah, but there was no breath in them. What a picture. Hollywood would have a lot of fun with this. I mean, skeletons, femurs, everything flying all together. Skeletons actually being formed into a human skeleton, but still laying on the ground. And then all of a sudden, muscles and sinews appearing on them. And eventually, you got an actual body there with skin. It's an actual human being is laying there on the ground. Quite the picture. And yet, notice that it ends by saying, but there was no breath in them. What that says to us is a wonderful thing has been achieved. But actually, the most important thing has not yet happened. You can organize the skeleton. You can put it all together in all of its parts. But the most important thing has not happened. There is no breath within this body. And it's the same with us. What good is it? Well, we still have to do things. We've got to organize church. We've got to organize lives. We've got to organize everything. Put things as best we can into their places. Ah, but what good is it if there is no breath? So, I mean, we're in a government town. I don't need to tell you guys about the importance of organization. And we're in a Baptist church. We love committees. We really do. Committees do all this kind of work. Some of you are depressed because your committee hasn't got to meet for the last year. You don't know what life is anymore. But we, we, we like to organize, and we're pretty good at organizing and all this, but you can organize everything. We can put everything together. We can get cameras to help do live streams. We can bring all of this together. But listen... If there's no breath, if the Spirit of God, if we do not encounter God, if God is not in our midst, it's all for nothing. It's just bodies laid on the ground. Who cares if there's bodies? What's the difference between a valley of dry bones and a valley of bodies with no life in them? Not much. There's some difference, but it's not a huge difference between the two of them. The most important thing is missing. But God did not just call Ezekiel to speak his word. He also promised to give the spirit who gives life to the word. And so this is what we read in verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says Yahweh God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. So there's a two-stage process going on here. Does that remind you of any other two-stage creation process? In Genesis chapters 1 and 2, first God forms Adam out of the dust, but he is just a body. He has no life until the Spirit of God comes and breathes into him the breath of life. Note this carefully. The Spirit of God does not just breathe into the valley. In other words, God can do anything he wants. God could have, to the nation of Israel, just done everything without any human means whatsoever. But mark this, this is super important. The Spirit of God uses means. And the means that the Spirit uses is the word. In other words, it is the spoken word as people, as Ezekiel went and spoke God's word. That's when the Spirit comes upon it and breathes life. God, the Spirit comes on the word and it's the Spirit through the word that life gets created. That is the way God has chosen to do it, and that's always the way he does it. It's what Peter talks about. We have been born again by this living word of God, by the Spirit of God. So important for us. Our job is to speak the word of God, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to take that word and to come upon it and to bring life to the situation. So there you have it. As we keep navigating COVID, what we need to continue to do is to prioritize the Word and the Spirit. What will bring life to you, to your family, to our church, to our city, to all the churches that are struggling through COVID is the Word and the Spirit, for it's the Spirit who brings life through the Word. So maybe that means even for you starting new habits. I mean, do you have a habit of being in God's Word regularly, just personally? Do you, do you have a habit of reading the Bible? Begin that habit. Maybe it's fallen aside during COVID. In a few weeks, we will talk about community groups, and though I know it's complicated, when you're ready, when you're comfortable, joining a community group where we study God's Word together, where we pray together so that we get that life together. And then, of course, let's be a people of prayer praying that the Holy Spirit would be pleased to work during this time of COVID. Pray that the wind would breathe new life into us. Here's a reflection for you on maybe, this is not, this is me guessing, maybe one of God's purposes in COVID. We here in the West are very strong, we are rich, we are educated, we are used to things progressing as we put effort into them, aren't we? Work hard, you'll see some results. And of course, that's what we're supposed to do. God calls us to work hard. But COVID, if it has done anything, <laughs> has killed all our ideas of progress and moving forward, hasn't it? I mean, we just always, you just hit your head against the wall again. And then you just get up, you start doing something again, and just, you hit your head against the wall again. All of our ideas that if we just work hard, if we organize things, and if we move forward, we will progress, we will keep moving, all those ideas have been just knocked to the floor. Could it be that maybe one of God's purposes in COVID is just to humble us all? To just say to us, the most important stuff, speaking the word, and the spirit coming upon it, all of that? 
This is what I'm calling you to. Could it be that God's just saying, humble yourselves, recognize, once again, like we were in Ecclesiastes before COVID began, life is hevel. You cannot control it. And you will continually be taught over and over and over and over again that you are not a God (laughs) and that you do not control life. So I don't know if that's God's purposes, but I'll tell you, I think we should learn it. I think we should take it. I think we should just humble ourselves and say, Father, we again admit that apart from you, we can do nothing. We already knew that before. We've always, always said it, but we are learning it in practice. We're learning it in reality. So, Father, we're just going to humble ourselves before you. We say we need the Holy Spirit to come and to speak. We need the Spirit to bring unity amongst our body. We need the Holy Spirit to speak through the Word. We need the Spirit to save people. We cannot save them. We need the Spirit to enable us to be gracious with those who have differing views on COVID than we do. We need to be patient. We need the Spirit of God to breathe upon us and breathe life. That is one of my great prayers, that we would humble ourselves and seek God, saying we need you to breathe life. And the good news of this whole passage is not just that God breathes life. It's found in the fact of God's name. You saw it all through there. Whenever you see Lord in capital letters, I've told you this many times, that is not a title like Lord when it's in little lowercase letters. Lord in lowercase, that's a title, Master, Lord. When it's all capitalized like that, it's Yahweh, the personal name that God gave to his covenant people Israel when he made them his people. And he said, I am now the God who is with you. I am the God who is for you. And so I'm going to give you my name and I'm going to make a covenant with you that I'm always with you, that I'm always with you and for you. And this is the covenant God saying to his people during this valley of dry bones, I'm still the covenant God. I am still with you and for you, and I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to restore the nation of Israel. These dry bones are going to live again. It's going to live because he is Yahweh, the God who is with us and for us. And when we come to the New Testament, we meet the ultimate expression of God's name. For what does Jesus mean? What does the name Jesus mean? Literally, it means Yahweh saves That's what Jesus' name means. Yahweh saves. Yahweh to the rescue. So Jesus is none other than God, Yahweh, the God who is with us and for us, who has come to rescue us. The God who makes a new covenant through his blood and says to us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Nothing can separate you from my love. Through my death, through my resurrection, I am always the God who is with you and for you. And I will make the valley of dry bones live again. What good news that our Savior has not abandoned us. I know we know he hasn't, but we just need to be encouraged in these days. It's not abandoned us. He has made a covenant with us, and his very name speaks to how much he is with us and for us. So let us be a people that humble ourselves and just keep prioritizing, speaking the word, that the Spirit would use the word and bring life to our personal lives and to our community. And then notice finally how this whole thing ends. We read that once the Spirit had brought life, there was a great army standing up. Not on the ground, standing. In other words, the great army is ready. 
It's ready for action. It's ready for orders. It's prepared to serve, and so it is with us. As the Holy Spirit gives us breath, breathes life into us as individuals, as the church, we stand and we are ready to serve. And we just say, Jesus, how can we serve? How can I serve during this time of COVID? How can I use my life? Because you got me life. You raised me from the spiritual death and gave me life. Here I am, Jesus. Send me. Behold the bones, speak to the dead, feel the wind. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and gatherings, visit us at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Church Podcast.